I don't know if this is a podcast I'm supposed to call about she meeting, but uh, this is this is Joel in, in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I am currently hiding from my wife, who is just getting off work right now down the road, uh, conveniently on her path home, which I might add, about to dig into a meat and potato burrito from Taco John's that I blame all of you for my craving of said burrito. Just got done at the gym. I went to gym the gym on an empty stomach, and that was a terrible idea. And Taco John's is right around the corner. And yeah, this is this is your fault. This is your fault. Hola, guten tag, bon matin, and welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, the twice-weekly podcast dedicated to celebrating the radio show turned podcast, Too Beautiful to Live. We do two shows a week. One is a tribute piece that comes out on Fridays, but on Mondays, we bring you a recap of the previous week's Too Beautiful to Live episodes. My name is Mike Frizzell, coming to you from the Seven on Your Side Storm Tracker Studios in Kyle... Texas on a uh, Sunday morning, and I can't do this show all by myself, so uh, just up I-35, I think in the uh, Channel 5 uh, Storm Tracker Studios in Dallas, it's Meredith. Hello, Meredith. Hey, Mike. You need to um, get uh, one more dog, and I need to get one more rabbit and one more cat, because uh, it's uh, it's happening. It's biblical. <laughs> <laughs> We're, our, our arc is almost complete. <laughs> yeah, as soon as I figure out what a cubit is, I'm going to get out and, and start <laughs> hopping around and, and okay. putting that thing together. Um, the other uh, part of our trifecta today is up in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. Hello, Bobby. Good morning, guys. Uh, it snowed a little bit yesterday, but uh, nice and sunny today. Oh, well, that's good for it's you. nice for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, at least it, it washes away some of the insects. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> All right, so uh, today we're going to bring you a little LRB business. We got some interesting stuff there. Uh, we, of course, we have the weekend review. We have some uh, housekeeping, and we'll tell you how to get involved at the end. Uh, so, first, Bobby, help us conduct our uh, little red bandwagon business. Sure, Mike. Before we get too far along, I want to plug the Friday show that we put out uh, that Ann and I hosted and that all of us contributed to. Since it was the last episode of March, and it was a fifth Friday show, which regular listeners might have caught on as a time when we sort of break from our regular format and do something different, um, I thought that rather than produce an episode of Little Red Bandwagon, we would just steal other people's hard work and call it our show. Mm -hmm. uh, and we would do that under the guise of hashtag tripod uh, in this month where we were supposed to be encouraging new people to listen to podcasts. Um it's weird to encourage new people to listen to Little Red Bandwagon if they've never heard a podcast before because it's about another podcast. Uh, so instead, we asked everyone uh, on the LRB team here to suggest their favorites and to bring a clip. Uh, and we aired that kaleidoscope of different shows from everyone, including uh, uh, shows from you guys. Uh, so, Meredith, I think you opened up the world of Dungeons & Dragons to a whole lot of people. Good. Good. <laughs> that was really fun. Yeah. 
I love that show. I it, Like Anne said, it did take a little while to get into it, but the more it goes on, the better and better it is. So I would stick with it if you're at all interested. It gets much more fleshed out and, and interesting. And, and the, the music is getting great. Griffin is, is making the music himself, and he's getting really excellent at it. Hmm. Uh, and speaking of music, Mike, uh, despite your hatred of all music and fun, uh, you brought an episode of a podcast about a great song. Yeah, um, that particular episode happened to be about music, but, um, you know, anybody who knows Malcolm Gladwell's work, uh, I think I've described him before as like a Chuck Klosterman, but he actually thinks things through before they come out of his mouth. <laughs> so uh, he does a very carefully put together podcast, and I think there were like nine or ten episodes in his first season, and there's another season coming out soon. But, you know, it's not a huge time commitment and even if you don't quite understand what he's talking about, sometimes you'll come out of the back end feeling a little smarter. Yeah. So Friday show was your step toward 10,000 hours of podcast listening. <laughs> right. uh, Almost there. If you haven't, if you haven't listened to it, please go do. And uh, as a note that I put out there when we launched the episode, if there's a segment you really don't like, um, you can just check the timestamps in the show notes and skip ahead a little bit. So there's something for everyone and we hope you like all of it. But if you don't, yeah. Uh, we assume that you've already listened to every episode of Shit Town by now. So, hey, it was a really great variety, you know, from the the seven of us. I mean, it was just a, mm-hmm. a great range. And Jeremy's clip, that guy's doing brilliance. The- yes, <laughs> <laughs> so good. Those only get better as that the was, series goes on. That was the what happened to the pizza at McDonald's. It's so yeah. it's so dry. You have to stop oh. it and go get a drink of water in the middle. The of phone it. calls were just. <laughs> Oh, I was driving when I was listening to that, and I couldn't hide my eyes because I was driving, but I really wanted to. Yeah, it's pretty cringy in the best possible way. Yeah. Uh, there's also a post with all the shows with links to the uh, series and the episodes at com. So if you like any of those shows or want to talk about more, uh, we'd love to hear from you on shows that you want to recommend to everyone else uh, and the ways that you're encouraging people who've never heard of a podcast uh, to start listening to podcasts. The Facebook page is probably the best place for that. So uh, interact, give us your tips, give us your shows, and maybe in future weeks we can uh, mention all the shows that get mentioned there. On to your throw your phone moments. Uh, you heard from Joel in Cedar Rapids at the top of the show. Joel, I'm not sure if we're the right podcast for that or if TBTL is, but fuck TBTL. You can leave those voicemails for us anytime. <laughs> Thank you. We also got a message from Eddie in Houston this week that I just wanted to touch on. Um, Mike, last week on the recap, you noted uh, that you thought that Ira Flato sounds like Howard Stern's impression of a nerd. Yes. Yes. And apparently Eddie's husband thinks that I sound like the son of Ira Flato, who I don't know if he exists or not. Uh, and thus wonders if I sound like the son of Howard Stern's impression of a nerd. Well, I would, I'm going to give you a lot more credit than anyone in the Flato family because you actually very often in, in Friday's show is evidence, produce some listenable uh, audio <laughs> content. <laughs> uh, I'll take it. <laughs> so... Uh, thank you, Listener Eddie. And just one more note on a, a sort of light week of listener feedback. I think we were just all so appalled and uh, interested in the actions of uh, the guy's trip this week that maybe you were light on your throw your phone moments, and that's okay. 
but Megan Keene wanted to let us know that apparently last Wednesday was Little Red Wagon Day, which I feel like in hindsight is a holiday we should celebrate hard, but uh, <laughs> maybe next we year. We didn't know about it. Uh, I assume that the Radio Flyer people are behind this, uh, but uh, get at us. And if they want to sponsor us, we will happily take some Little Red Wagons off your hands and some money. So, mm-hmm. Well, if we want sponsors, we should just start talking about how confused we are by passwords. I think <laughs> that's the fastest way to get someone to sponsor us. Um, I don't know what dinner is. So do we get blue apron? Can I? <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Uh, Mike, you've got something on here called tacos, tacos, tacos. Yeah. Um, it, I think it was uh, last night. Uh, we were talking in, uh, I think it was the, the big chat about, um, Meredith had sent uh, Duff out to get some tacos, and and we we knew about these tacos from earlier in the week because she shared some pictures of some awesome tacos that she got from a uh, gas station taco place. Uh, which oh, man, we got a million of them around here. I haven't found the right one yet, but uh, uh, we had some. Um, we had a place up up by our house in uh, North Austin that was amazing. But uh, yeah, you you go to this you go to this place. And they put the, at least the place I used to go to, they put the cutest girl out front, uh, regardless of her mastery of, of any English. And it is just a uh, wild ride of gesticulating and, <laughs> and pointing and pantomiming uh, eating tacos to, to try to get what a, you want. Some sort of sign she can spin? <laughs> it is... It, it's great. And whatever they end up giving you is, is good. So Meredith, tell us about that first experience and then, and then sending, uh, sending Duff back out. Yeah. So earlier this week, I had a hankering for some tacos and I was just kind of browsing on Yelp. I kind of hate Yelp, but I also kind of like Yelp. So I was just looking at uh, where, where's some good taco places near me. And there's one like two blocks away. I could literally walk there. I didn't know it existed because it's a shamrock gas station. Um, and they have a sign out front that says Tacos Choco. And I was like, you have chocolate tacos. Good job. Like, I thought they had been advertising that for years. Um, but that's the name of the taco joint that's inside the gas station. So I was like, well, I'll try it. And all the reviews were like, they only take cash and they don't speak any English. So good luck, but it's worth it. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. And uh, so I went, I think this was Wednesday or something. I went and got a few tacos and uh, it was fine. You know, I I, I, I got two chorizo tacos and an El Pastor and they were fantastic. Um, they were out of barbacoa and they said they only had barbacoa on the weekends. And I was able to glean this from my limited knowledge of Spanish. She kind of said it to me in Spanglish. Um, and so I was like, okay, I need to come back on a weekend and try the barbacoa. Wow. And uh, so yesterday Duff was going to the hardware store and I said, Hey, I have an idea. How about on the way back, you go get some tacos. And he's like, okay. And I warned him that it was cash only and that you couldn't, they barely spoke English. And the backstory to that is that one of the times we had one of our many, many parties, Duff had made some guacamole or something. And he was bragging to his friends about how I go to Whole Foods, but he goes to the Mercado. Right. You know, he got 10 limes for dollar. He goes to the Mercado. He's that, so authentic. That one time he went, yes. he got some limes. And I'm pretty sure he's only been once, but it was, it was, I'm totally putting him on blast because he put me on blast and he doesn't listen to this. He put, uh, and he put so, $2 on the counter and ran out yeah. with the limes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
And what this means is when I tell him he has to go to a Spanish-speaking taco joint, he's not allowed to bat an eye, right? Because he goes to the Mercado. Uh, so he went and I told him I, what I wanted. I wanted to try a barbacoa. So I said, get me two chorizos and two barbacoas. And he came back with $35 worth of tacos. Now, <laughs> keep in mind that these tacos are $1 to $1.50 each. <laughs> this was 15 tacos. <laughs> And he walks in with a plastic shopping bag, and there's three huge styrofoam containers and then one smaller one. And he goes, um, I have all the tacos in the world. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> he says, um, they might have misunderstood me. <laughs> uh, how, did he, how did he do decimal points when he was gesticulating? You know? I think he probably just threw money at them. I don't know. They probably just like took the proper or maybe more than mm-hmm. it actually was from his stack of, of dollars. Um, but anyway, it was, that was hilarious to me. I didn't bust him on it, but I'm doing it now. Um, <laughs> the tacos were great. Of course, the barbacoa was worth it. Um, and he ended up inviting some friends over to watch basketball last night anyway. So they finished off the rest of the tacos. I could only, oh, I'm glad to do hear about they had three home. Oh yeah. yeah. None of that went to waste. <laughs> Good. Cause I almost got in the car. <laughs> well, next time you're up, we're going to have to go because it really is wonderful. I'm, I'm down for it. Just thinking about Jerry Seinfeld buying $100 for the gum. <laughs> you had a gum guy. Yeah. Uh, Meredith, there were pictures of all the tacos, right? Yeah. All right. Could you send? I think we might have a show I'll, picture. Yep. I'll do that. <laughs> um, and maybe not unrelated, Mike, you have a dream catcher? I do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do. I this is a dream that I had last Saturday night, and I was going to hang tell on a it. second. I just need to uh, fluff the pillows and get the sheets ready. <laughs> yeah, get get ready to be bored to death because uh, I'm I'm going to break the seal on my my own dream catcher. I had a dream last Saturday night. It was shortly after the Austin live show was announced, and um, I think the reason I had this dream. In fact, I know the reason I had this dream is because Meredith was immediately pissed about it because <laughs> uh, because the the TBTL was finally going to come to Texas and be within a 3 to 4 hour, you know, almost fully under construction drive down I35 from her. So, you know, just an easy event to go to and it would be so fun to hang out, but she's going to be in the Dominican Republic uh at a destination wedding yep. for a girl she doesn't know very well. So this was in my mind, and this is the dream that I had on on Saturday. I, actually, very early Sunday morning. This is the reason I, I remember it, because I dreamed it right before I woke up and started getting ready for the show. And I told the story to Emily so that it would um, cement in my mind a little bit. So this is the, my best recollection. Meredith was, in the dream, upset about not being able to come to the live show. So she wanted... To, to do something fun in Austin um, this spring or early summer instead of it, you know, like just have a little road trip and have fun. And she'd heard about this party that this artist named Jamie, I can't remember his last name, but this artist named Jamie who, who paints grackles. um, (laughs) Wait a minute. Puts paint on grackles or paints pictures of grackles? He paints pictures of grackles. Like you go to like a Kirby Lane cafe and all his grackle pictures are up on the wall and you can buy them. Okay. You know, 
So he's one of those those local artists, and he's super rich, probably a trust fund baby of some kind, because you just figure, how can he have this huge rambling estate selling grackle paintings? But he does have this great setup, and every year he has a party, and the the it's it's by invitation only, and you have to have some sort of lanyard, and you know it's like it's a big deal. But they advertise it still, even though it's an invitation only. But they just want you to know they're having this big party, and. Meredith really wanted to go. And w- the the feature of this party is uh, at some point he throws a paper mache grackle uh, head over, over, <laughs> over his head and just starts <laughs> running away from the party. And it's our job to catch him and, and bring him down. So the party has, is called uh, two things. It's called either chasing Jamie or tackle the grackle. <laughs> So Meredith heard about this. She's been on Yelp or whatever, and she's like, "This is the greatest party ever. We need to go." And I and I assure her we can we can sneak in. So the plan is we get uh, lanyards, but we just turn them around, and then Meredith is wheeling me in my wheelchair. So you know, it's like no one wants to hassle the wheelchair guy going into the party. So I said, "This will work. This will work." Yes. So. We get there, and Meredith is a wreck. She's nervous. She's really nervous about this plan, but I keep telling her, that's oh, going to work. It's going to work. So we, we wheel up, and we have our lanyards turned around, and the, the security guy goes, hey, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. So we just kind of bypass them because uh, they're, they're you know checking everyone in. We bypass, and then we're like 20, 30 feet past, and we hear the security guy yell, hey, hey, hold up, and we and – Meredith turns around and the guy's not talking to her, but, but this has just put her over the edge ner- nerves wise. So she kind of, um, there's a, there's a wheelchair ramp to get down to the main part of this guy's property, but she's like too shook. And so we go to the, we're now at the staircase and I'm trying, we're trying to get me down the staircase in my wheelchair and it's a huge struggle, but uh, we're, it, it takes probably 10 minutes to, to navigate our way down the staircase when we could have just gone down the ramp. And now she feels bad about that. She's nervous about being at the party. Her, her, she's got this turned around lanyard. She thinks is going to be busted at any moment. So, uh, we, we wheel up, there's a bar right at the bottom of the staircase. And so I said, Meredith, let's get a, let's get a drink. So I buy her a beer. I drink a beer. And then, um, she's talking to the bartender and I just wheel on off to the party. I say, we'll see you over there. So I wheel on off to the party, and it's in this big field, and there's like a snack shack in there too that you can it's a you can go in and sit down or whatever. So uh, I wheel into the snack shack, and uh, I order a couple hot dogs, but it's really really busy, so it's going to be a while till I get my hot dogs. So I take my number, and then I I wheel over to another part of the snack shack where I can see the main party. I'm looking out at the party. Well. After about 20 minutes, Meredith shows up, and she's got a bottle of tequila in her hand, and it's about half empty. Oh, boy. And she is blotto. She's, <laughs> her nerves got the best of her. She just had to she's, – she's just done. I mean, you she's – You didn't tell me this party was on a Tuesday. <laughs> it's she's, – she's out of it. And so, you know, she's still talking to people and being social or whatever, but she's, she's on her way to, to – bad news so uh as as i'm looking out at the party um nothing's really going on I, I get my number called for my hot dogs and i roll in there and i get them and i get another beer 
and uh, I roll back out to the to the area to the side of the snack shack, and then I see the the Jamie with the crackle head, and he's running, he's he's gone, and and I just see everyone running after him, and I'm like Meredith, there, there he goes, and Meredith is she's out, she's lying on the ground now, oh, no. in the grass, she's done. So I see I see this guy he. He's in the distance, maybe it's a quarter mile away. He's running on some uh, gravel road, and some uh, big guy, fast guy from behind, catches him and takes him down hard on the gravel. You know, kind of an asshole move. And we find out later that nobody likes the guy who caught him. He he's a I don't know how he gets invited every year, but he's a dick. And the the move is you're supposed to grab him and then like like take him into the grass and you know. There, there you tackle him, not just bring him down the gravel. So Jamie's all cut up and, you know, um, normally, like, they take a the, – there's a photographer and they, they get pictures of the, the whole chase. And then, like, the next year the promotional photo is the tackle, you know, the, the person bringing Jamie down. Uh, but the, the next year for this party, after the one that Meredith and I went to, they use a picture of – me on a uh, sitting on a lawn chair with a beer and a hot dog in my hand, and Meredith is next to me, passed out with a <laughs> tequila bottle in her hand. And the caption is, "This is a tweet that I sent out because someone took my picture and I said send it to me." So they sent me the picture, and I tweeted, "Almost got him." <laughs> and then I woke up. Wow. That's my dream catcher. It's uh, eight minutes, Mike, that we're not getting back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, <laughs> I think, for that. Meredith, does that help make up for not being able to come to the, the live Definitely. Show? Definitely. The weirdest part about that dream, though, is that I wanted to go to a party. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. This is a very famous party, though. This guy's big time. It's very Gatsby-esque. Yeah. 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 Crackle guy. Uh, well, Mike, uh, it's like you knew that our notes were thin this week. Yeah, we got, it's a thin week. That. It really is. <laughs> Needed some fluffing. Yep. Uh, why don't I get us started with our week in review, starting with Monday. 2345, no small roads, just small Yaris's. Um before I start this, should I just get the uh, Yaris situation out of the way? I think you should square that up. Yeah. Right at the top. Uh, I drive a 2010 Toyota Yaris. It's a four-door. It's the sedan, not the hatchback. It's a stick shift. Um, I am the only owner of it. I bought it with 14 miles off the lot, uh, and most of those are my test drive. And I love my little economical uh, workhorse of a car. <laughs> It's gotten me through several jobs. I treat it like a cargo van. Um, and it's a perfectly reliable automobile. It's also the uh, the nicest car I could afford when I bought it. Uh, so I'm not going to get all angry. I wanted to, but I'm not going to. Uh, I'm simply going to say that the Toyota Yaris is uh, the cheapest car Toyota makes. It's spectacular on gas mileage. And I am grateful to own mine. Probably won't buy another one uh, by the time I'm ready for another car, but I am first going to run this one into the ground. So I love my Yaris, 
And for those of you Yaris drivers out there, and oh, how we know you're out there this week. Some of you were on TBTL. I've heard from a couple of other ones independently, privately, knowing that I'm also a Yaris owner. Uh, keep up the good work, guys. And uh, mainly, Luke, uh, go fuck yourself. Did you get the yard mulch attachment <laughs> when you bought the Yaris? <laughs> you asshole. Uh, uh, you know, the funniest part is that all of Luke's jokes about the Toyota Yaris are based on one tweet from someone else that he has stolen and repurposed so many times. It's a, it's a funny name. If it was the, like, it, it is a funny name. Yeah. I just, it rolls off the tongue as a funny name. I don't yeah. know. Uh, and Mike, I think you noted this the other day. I have a silver Toyota Yaris and it is not a car I picked because of the color. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When someone tells me they want a car because of the color, you know, that, there's a lot of credibility that just goes flying out. Uh, so yeah, now that do, do they uh, know you can get lots of different cars in different colors? <laughs> and if you really wanted, uh, for, for a cost that is nominal compared to buying a new car, you could also get a car painted if you really, really wanted true, to. True. Yeah. Um, and, but if you're going to do that, don't just go with a color. I mean, you might as well do the flames and the decals and the Jesus fish or do an art car and just start <laughs> fastening creepy dolls to your, what I like those iridescent ones. They're like green and purple at the same time. Oh, yeah. uh, when they do a uh, uh, Too Fast, Too Furious uh, sequel about the Toyota Yaris, <laughs> that's what it'll be. <laughs> fast and Furious 10. Not so fast, my friend. Uh, you know, it can scoot. I-, I do lovingly call my car a little go-kart. It's got four cylinders of fury. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I can zip through traffic pretty, uh, pretty sharp in that little thing. As long as it doesn't break down and then you have to have that guy, like, stand on your back bumper and kind of guide your car into the corner, you know? <laughs> I should put a bumper, like a like an extra rubber bumper around it. That could be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, so the guys are in the vape pen district of Glendale. Uh, Andrew has his rental Yaris. Uh, and Carrie and Andrew's, let's just say brother-in-law for the sake of ease, are there. Uh, at this VRBO guest house, which uh, they found out the uh, tenants in the large house in front of the uh, sort of guest house pool house that they are in have been calling the Cato Kalin house. And Luke is dismayed because the pool appears to be in disrepair because it has a bug in it. <laughs> Good Lord. One bug. Uh, they take a tour of the big house uh, that AJ, the VRBO owner, uh, apparently lives in maybe and it includes uh a bachelor pad dream array of things including a blues brothers not one but two blues brothers statues separated in different parts of the house uh a media room are they uh, arguing i mean is there is there bad blood between the brothers well how did they get separated <laughs> i think when you spend that much time together sometimes it's just a smart move to spread out there's no beef there's just they're just sick of each other yeah, you know, I mean, I would, I, I'd get pretty sick of Ackroyd, I think. <laughs> uh, and the uh, the internet password for what it's worth is Yahweh thirty. We get to our uh, donors of the day, and almost accidentally, they become the uh, Santana Rob Thomas Smooth mm. donors mm. of the day. Uh, Mike, if you want to go back to hating music, I'll I'll make that acceptable <laughs> right. in this particular right. I, yeah. instance. Fully back in the camp of hating. Uh, the top story is that the guys are uh, heading over to the Peoria Sports Complex, and they pick up the tape there. Uh, they're in a 
uh, radio broadcast booth right behind home plate. Rick Riz is next door, but has taped up all of his stat sheets on the glass, blocking his view of uh, Luke and Andrew. That seems like a solid move. Yeah, that's what I would do, too. I don't see a couple I, of assholes drinking in the next booth when you're trying to work. Uh, so that's a good point about the beer. Uh, they <laughs> insist that they asked uh, an usher if it was OK if they brought beer into the press box. And we're not dismayed by the fact that the usher's response was, no one's ever asked that before. <laughs> right. <laughs> because that's not a – it's not something that people should consider. Yeah. Uh, I've never worked a press box. Uh, that's not true, actually. In college, I worked a press box a couple of times, but it was a, a dry campus for, for sports events in Buffalo. So, Well, and the um, key word there is work, right? You're right. working. Yeah, I talked my way to covering a couple of Bulls football games just for the hell of it. But um, I've never worked a professional sports event in the press box before. I have, you probably wouldn't be drinking. Yeah, back, uh, no, definitely wouldn't be drinking. Back in the back in the day, my college days, I filled in for the UPI uh, guy who did the box scores. So I um, at least twice uh, was in the Kingdom doing the the game box score. And it's not even it's not even something in the realm, you know. You're sitting there, you're sitting there with all these guys, and and you're all working. It's not, you know, get out your rum and coke or whatever. Right. Uh, something that I think we knew was inevitable. Uh, Luke insists at one point on doing play by play of the baseball game that's happening on the field, and he turns to Andrew for color. Uh, who describes every player as having been from Medina, Ohio, and played at <laughs> High School. He did a great job. That was so funny. Yeah. Luke was calling it almost as if it was involuntary, involuntarily, yeah. you know? Like he couldn't help himself from calling the game. I think well, I would be the same way. My my friend Mike Porat and I used to, you know, put the game on TV and turn the sound down and record ourselves doing play-by-play. It's just, <laughs> It's just a... It's just a thing. I mean, if you watch so it's like much mystery baseball, science theater, but with sports, stop. you just can't stop yourself. Uh, I just downloaded uh, MLB Perfect Inning 16 on my phone. I, I think I've mentioned before, I don't play a lot of games on my phone, but I play basically whatever sport is in season just mindlessly here and there. And I like sports games on the iPhone because I know the rules already and I understand the goal of the game. Right. <laughs> and so I can wrap my brain around that. Uh, and Joe Buck uh, recorded the announcing for the game, but he only recorded like three phrases. <laughs> I love it. when So that, yeah. <laughs> every time you follow off a pitch, he goes, he's making the pitcher work for it. This inning, <laughs> he swung out of his shoes every single fucking time. I don't think yeah. I can play this game with the sound on it's so bad. I'm going to, I'm going to get that game just, just for those phrases. <laughs> it's free. It's the only reason I'll download it. Um, the song Working for the Weekend comes up. Was it over the loudspeaker at the end of the game? And yeah. I think just in passing, Luke says it's Foreigner. And obviously it's not Foreigner. It's Loverboy. It's, that's not even close. Foreigner is <laughs> not even close. Those are very different bands. Yeah. I mean, Loverboy Lover Boy are technically Foreigners because they're from Canada. <laughs> but Oh, maybe that's what he meant. Probably. They aren't Foreigner. They're Foreigners. <laughs> I'm not giving him that much credit. No. <laughs> yeah, that's a little too deep. Uh. Luke mentions that uh, he's been digging that show uh, that Chris Harbuck, I think, is hosting with the giant yeah. Plinko board mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and says that Plinko must be the best game on The Price is Right. Andrew counters with the mountain climber 
uh, with the yodeling song. I have not watched an episode of Price is Right in so long that I'm not sure what my favorite game would be. But I did always enjoy watching uh, watching them try to make that hole-in-one putt. Yeah, that one was all for Bob Barker because he loved golfing so much. And he was like, mm-hmm. how can I wedge my passion into <laughs> my work? Well, the trick is you just bring a beer into the press box. <laughs> right, right. <yeah. laughs> bring some drugs and some beer into the press box and you, you can have your passion and your work. Yeah. Uh, I like the note that because of The Price is Right, uh, quote, Price is Right rules is a thing that almost everybody in America understands. I hate oh, yeah. that worse than anything. Yep. <laughs> Price is Right rules are – I mean, I understand why they're in place. And the, the reason they're in place is so that uh, people can do quick math. Uh, the producers can do quick math. The audience can do quick math because if if it was just closest to the pin on guessing prices – then, you know, let's say this guy uh, bid $1,080 and this this lady bid $715 and they say, it's $920. Then you have everyone trying to go, hmm, mm, this one? minus, uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that's why it exists. But that doesn't mean that it's just. Because I think when you're, if you're guessing a price, and you guess it is, and the the thing is nine hundred twenty dollars, and you guess nine hundred twenty three dollars, and someone else bid one fucking dollar. I mean, now I'm mad, you know. Now I'm mad. It's like, it's like this, okay? You you're at a golf tournament, and there's always at least a couple holes where it's closest to the pin, and the person who's who's shot on a par three lands closest to the hole. Uh, wins the prize at the end of the day. So let's say I shoot, I, I take my shot and it lands seven inches past the hole. Uh, and then Bobby takes his shot and just whiffs on it and it just falls off the tee and goes one inch away from the tee and 175 yards away from the hole. Well, with Price is Right rules, Bobby wins the fucking car. <laughs> And I get nothing. So fuck Price is Right rules and fuck whoever came up with it. Uh, it's a, it's it's a, just a shortcut because Americans don't want to do math. I'm done. I had no idea that in a previous life you lost a dinette set on the Price is Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of passion there. Hey, by the way, speaking of making people mad as a segment, nice work um, working the Takedown Podcast intro into the top of today's show. I appreciated that. Thanks. Uh, and also, before we proceed, uh, I'm not sure which one of you it is, but did I just hear rolling thunder in the background of one uh, of it's your... It's probably me. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's thunder here, too. It's Abby... I had all those tacos. I mean, Abby's I don't know exactly oh, where yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, listeners, I don't know if you'll hear that or not, but um, Mike and or Meredith are going to be underwater at any minute, so we'll <laughs> keep moving. Um, actually, I'll mention, um, so for trivia, at the end of the night, if we have a tie in the top three teams, we have to have a tiebreaker to untangle it, um, uh, just for who gets which gift cards, right? It doesn't really matter for scores, but I want to get the hell out of there. And so we'll have a tiebreaker question, and it's always a number. It's a population or a, a box office gross number or something. Uh, and I specifically stipulate that it is not Price is Right rules. Right. It is closer to the pin. And yep. it's only two or three teams tied up, and I have a calculator on my phone. Yes. The computer that I keep that in my pocket. It doesn't seem that difficult. 
Yeah. Um, very rarely is it so tight that I actually have to check. It does happen once in a while, but um, even when that happens, it just makes for some nice suspense in the announcement. So uh, I'm with you, Mike. Uh, I've never been quite so passionate about it, but I'm with you. Well, well, they 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 put these rules in place because the people, um, most people watching television at ten in the morning on a weekday, you know, not the brightest lights. So they have to dumb down the competition. Yep. A uh, conversation about Mike versus Mike, not new Mike versus the Mike that we're stuck with this week on the recap, but uh, the spelling of the abbreviation for microphone, M-I-K-E versus M-I-C. I'm in the M-I-C camp. I just always have been. I don't know why. Um, didn't realize anyone cared that much. Uh, and then same with lead versus lead in the journalism world, L-E-A-D versus L-E-D-E. Again, I don't really care. Um, and a note that the people at the baseball stadium think that TBTL is NPR, uh, which probably made the beer that much more jarring. <laughs> <laughs> They're the bad boys of NPR. Yeah. A uh, couple of other housekeeping notes from Monday. They're getting the 30 footer for the road trip, uh, not the 25 because mm. the 30 is the only one that's available. So if, if Andrew can't maneuver a Yaris, through a driveway. Oh, no. What's know. the damage deposit on a 30-foot RV? <laughs> They're going to get a scratch on Tuesday, and it's going to be the rest of the trip agonizing oh. about the scratch. Um, and that's pretty much it. There's notes about maybe parking at Eagles clubs, uh, and then uh, the baseball game ends in a bulk. <laughs> that's amazing. That's the umpire wants to go home call. Yep. <laughs> it's hot out here. Balk. Runner scores. Hit the showers. Game over. Uh, Meredith, why don't you take us to Tuesday? Tuesday is 2346 Podcast Cowboys. They are, of course, back at the ballgame. And uh, Carrie's there. She shows up wearing a blazer that Luke kind of gave her shit about because it's not really like summertime baseball attire. Until they discover that she's using it to deliver hot dogs to them. I love this woman. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty great. Andrew comments that he wants a corn dog vest. Uh, and <laughs> then he also uh, is attacked by his hot dog and spills mustard all over himself, which is when we learn that Carrie doesn't put anything on her hot dogs. Hmm. She said it pretty matter of factly, too. Yeah, she's not messing around. No, she raw dogs those hot dogs. <laughs> I, I could That's raw dog her a words, hot Her words. <laughs> I could raw dog a hot dog, but, but I don't know. I, if they were f- free... I think I could raw dog it, but if I'm paying like the seven dollars at the game, I gotta load up with whatever they can possibly give me. Yeah, you're gonna take uh, at least a dollar's worth of condiments. To yeah, balance I gotta out stack up, <laughs> stack up a dollar's <laughs> worth of condiments on it. There is a little discussion about their landlord. Luke is apologizing for having uh, maybe not so nice thoughts about AJ. Um, he's back in town, and they meet him. Uh, and uh, they discuss about how, you know, again, Luke was a little grumpy about the pool, but AJ fixed it all right up. Um, Andrew does think that they should have let him know about the pool. Um, they're really hung up on this this pool, um, probably because Luke had that idea in his head of jumping into this perfect, beautiful pool. And when things don't come out the way that he imagines them, he gets very upset. They reveal that their uh, their press box today is going to be alcohol-free, Um Andrew's pretty embarrassed that they broke the rules, but at least they think it was NPR and not not a 
APM. I right? say you bring cocaine in the next day and then and then plead ignorance on that. You know, so. No one said I couldn't. <laughs> well, well, we didn't bring alcohol. No one's... Come on. <laughs> uh, top story for today is that the Canadian Mint made a $1 million coin, and it's worth more than that now because of the price of gold. Um, and somebody stole one. I'd lost the thread on this real quickly. I think they were discussing how it was stolen. Uh, something like that. What would you use a $1 million coin for? I uh, mean, the only thing I can think of is melting it down. Yeah. Yeah. You melt it and then you've just got a shitload of gold. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give Andrew uh, a hat tip here. He said, that doesn't sound like a Justin Trudeau Canada move. That sounds more like a Stephen Harper Canada move. <laughs> and I'll give him credit for that. That was during the uh, the reign of Prime Minister Stephen Harper. So uh, Andrew, who knows so little about current events most of the time, knew who was Prime Minister of Canada in 2007. He was probably reviewing some of his old uh, producer pitches prior to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> As for what you would actually do with that coin, it's probably just for rich jerks who want to be like, look what I got. You know, just show mm-hmm. off their, their dumb million I, dollar I coin. I could buy the world's biggest gumball. <laughs> uh, a Simpsons reference they should have made is the episode where uh, Monty Burns is showing off his trillion dollar bill. Oh, yeah. Totally fits into this conversation. Yes. We got some voicemails today. The first is from someone who said she really loved the fart sounds that Luke was playing on YouTube because it reminded her of her late mother. That was so sweet. She seemed so genuinely happy about it. And I'm glad that somebody didn't have a 100% negative reaction to that like everyone else (laughs) in the world did. (laughs) She picked the one reason that we can't fight with either. So Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's no arguing with that. Uh, Luke called it a tutorial. Oh, God. Wah, wah. Price is right. Sad horns. Uh, an email from Mimi who says she really liked the staircase that they recommended, except that they didn't recommend it and they've never heard of it or seen it. Um, it that is comes up later in the week. It's um, it's pretty old at this point, though. I I remember Emily and I watched it years and years ago, but the staircase is a good good show. And I think Luke starts watching it. Yeah. Later in the week. And then there's also an email with suggestions for the road trip, including magnetic pictures of their faces on the side of the RV, which I would love. Um, maybe to a daily check-in with, with Carrie and Veeves, and they immediately say no way. Um, or shame eat of the day. What horrible food there. I'm sure, the, I'm sure that'll come up. That always comes up. Yeah, that doesn't need to be a segment so much as just a fact of life. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Andrew frets that he's not a very good planner and that they're going to have to map out this road trip. I am so excited to see how much of a shit show this road trip is going to be. They're not going to plan it out. And if they do, they're not going to follow the plan. They have five days to make a two and a half day trip. So I think they're, they're going to be fine. Yeah. Uh, I I think the most interesting aspect of this is everyone speculating on whether people are going to stalk them, whether people are going to try to shadow them or find them on their way. I hope not. Yeah, uh, I'm as uh, I'm as much of a casual stalker as the next guy, but uh, you're way more of a casual stalker than the next guy. Let's face that. (laughs) I'm just going to go on the record and advise against uh, stalking the uh, the RV. I think uh, if they announce that they're going to be somewhere and it's a gathering, Mm -hmm. that's great. Yeah, uh, go for it. Please don't have your binoculars across a Walmart parking lot from them. It's just not. It's just not okay. Unless you're already posted up there, and they happen to, you know, right? To well, that's, come into your Walmart parking lot. 
that that's serendipity. That's a different story completely. Yeah, if that's your Wednesday and they happen to invade it. <laughs> right. Um, Luke talks about how usually before a live show, he will starve himself and do a stupid juice cleanse, but he's definitely going to be eating his way across the country this time. Uh, so he's kind of trying to make peace with that. I don't think he is, uh, resigned yet, but Andrew, on the other hand, is vowed to not improve himself at all <laughs> in any way before the live show. Well, Austin and, is really a laid back place, you know, just, it's a place where, you know, just attitudes and latitudes. So don't even, you know, you don't, you like, this isn't a tuxedo place you just show up as you are nobody cares here yeah no you, you most food is eaten outside on a picnic table yeah yeah so they'll fit right in um you know if their fecalist is in jail that week they can eat whatever they want <laughs> that's right i'll make sure their fecalist is in jail i know people good all right uh wednesday twenty three forty seven. don't yangle with the yaris we're back in full Yaris talk <clears throat> mode. This entire show is oh my god, uh, all about the Yaris, Yaris's, Yari. What's the plural? Yaris, Yaris. Yaris. I, I think Yara. <laughs> I like Yari as the plural, actually. I think it's... Yeah. Um, I think you've spent more time wondering about that than it will take to summarize this episode, though. <laughs> yeah, this was a really thin episode. I committed to it early because I just said I'll host and take Wednesday because I didn't didn't want to take because you hadn't heard it yet. I hadn't. I was like, <laughs> There's, there'll be some meat on that bone, but there really wasn't much. It was just Luke spoofing on the Yaris uh, for about an hour. <clears throat> um, one interesting thing was Andrew had another car rental nightmare. Um, where he, they didn't know what they were doing and they didn't have any cars. It sounded like, because Luke said later, um, he said like a second level or another fly-by-night uh, car rental place. I don't think Andrew and Veeves know how to rent a car. I I think they're going on and just, just going to the lowest price and they're getting these cut-rate places that, that don't, have any idea what they're doing and then you don't get any car and you don't get any service they're they're, you get what you pay for with these things oh yeah like the difference between uh 19.99 a day and 24.99 a day between um bungle bungle service at (laughs) 19.99 and national at 24.99 it's worth it yeah. I know I've said this before and I they don't pay me although they should, but you join National's dumb little green club. It's free. Yeah. It's their Emerald Club and you walk into a thing and you take a car and you leave. That's all you do. It's amazing. Yeah. It's great. Respect yourself. I don't know why enough. everyone doesn't do that. Respect your time enough yeah. to do that. Please. Well, and I'll, I'll come at this from the other angle because I'm a I'm a bargain hunter when it comes to rental cars, but you also just know going into that what you're getting yourself into even if you do like the priceline.com you know if you want to put the time into saving money you just check back every day and see if the prices drop because they're just reservations you just cancel and make a new one Mm -hmm. and then every one of these rental car agencies has some sort of referral bonus bullshit whatever number and you can sign up for it even after you have your reservation and then you just walk into that shorter i'm a gold pass whatever line Right. Mm-hmm. Anyone can get that for free at all of them. And even the time I rented from Fox Rent-A-Car in Seattle and Mike asked me if they were just going to give me the screwdriver and send me down to the parking lot to pick my car. <laughs> there's, a lo- there's there's thousands of cars available here. <laughs> pick pick uh, the one you like. Pick Here's whichever screwdriver. one you want. <laughs> I, I think I was able to get into a shorter line because I had some card thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's just not that hard. And I rent cars 
fairly often, and I've never had any of these problems that they seem to have every time. Yeah, they they're travel uh, booking impaired. Yeah, Andrew and Veeves. Well, I don't. I, I think uh, Genevieve seems to have a better handle on the the flight and hotel side of things. And I think maybe. But didn't she book she... them at the Scandal Resort or whatever the <laughs> the Swingers the Swingers Club? Yeah, <laughs> that that might have been. I mean, dating Andrew for a long time. Maybe that was on purpose, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. That's why but we she don't pass... get married. <laughs> <laughs> she could pass on her 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 car renting wisdom to him easily. It's there's a, there's a that's a very short conversation, and then he would have a much better experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Respect your own time. That's what yeah. uh, Andrew loves the Yaris because he loves the royal blue color, which he's, you know, mid. He, he's trying to scratch most of it off as they speak <laughs> by pulling through uh, AJ's driveway. Let's see. Oh, the, this whole this whole episode, they're trying to set up Luke's uh, coat hook moment. Uh, which is the the brown whiskey, or sorry, the brown liquor and the pool and and all that. We'll get to that a little later when they've actually gathered up all the supplies. Um, Andrew has he has texted Genevieve, and they've been in the market for a new car. They want to be a single car family. They're going to sell their two and get a new car. And Andrew is lobbying for the Yaris, and uh, Genevieve, to her credit. Uh, says no more bread box cars. She's ready for, yeah. a, 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 I don't know if she's looking for a luxury ride, but she definitely wants to step out of the bread box category. Um, Bobby, your next car. Uh, you said it's not going to be a Yaris. Are you going to, are you going to like treat yourself or have you even given it any thought? Yeah. Uh, so we bought Sam uh, a Corolla about a year and a half ago, a 2016 Corolla. Uh, it's midnight blue. Just throwing it out there. Uh, and it's great. It's almost as good on gas as the Rs. It's a little bit bigger. It handles well. Um, the maintenance is easy and inexpensive, and it's another reliable Toyota. Um, I put a lot of miles on my car, and so that's probably it. I've never been a car guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Me either. I, I, I like performance automobiles. They're fun to ride around in, and they're fun to drive. And once in a while, I'll rent uh, a fun car. Uh, a couple of years ago, Sam and I took a little road trip week through New York State and Pennsylvania to visit a bunch of different people. We did a loop from here to Buffalo and then down through central Pennsylvania and back. And I went to Enterprise with reservations for a perfectly fine four-door sedan. And I let them upsell me into a Camaro, like a brand new new model Camaro. And mm-hmm. I came back to the house and I almost had to return it because Sam was... <laughs> gonna kill me uh but i talked her into it and we spent a week flying through the country in a in a black 2015 or whatever camaro nice and that was a lot of fun but i don't want to own that car i want to rent that car Mm -hmm. right i want to destroy someone else's uh transmission with that car and drive it like an asshole and then come back to my corolla that's gonna get two hundred thousand miles on it before i sell it let me ask you this about um about buying new cars when you're married i i know that uh in in my family the wife is always going to drive the nicer car. So when you do buy this new car, do you then get her Corolla and she gets the new one? Or Probably. are you going to be be fancier than her? No, I, I think probably. 
Uh, and what's likely going to happen is it's probably going to happen in a year or so. Mm-hmm. And so it'll be the same car she has, but slightly newer. And if anything, they might become a little more interchangeable. The only reason that Sam doesn't drive the Yaris is because she doesn't drive stick and she's oh, yeah. refused to learn how to drive stick. <laughs> she told me when I met her that the two things she wouldn't do is drive a standard or pump her own uh, beer. Uh, the keg thing doesn't come up very often because we're not in the press box at a at an exhibition baseball sure. game very often. But uh, uh, I'll probably – honestly, I'll probably give her the 18 if she wants it uh, and take the 16. But they'll be very similar. Those cars don't change a lot from year to year. No. Uh, and, and it's not like we're getting the performance boost package or a spoiler and rims and pimping these – Toyotas, but but you'll at least not have any dead panels, though, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those, those uh, are sad. Those are sad when you get yeah, in a car. You're like, I wonder yeah. what I'm missing here. Uh, I have a base level 2010 Toyota RS that doesn't have any dead panels, so it doesn't have a lot of panels. But all of the ones I have work. It was one mm-hmm. of the last cars pre Bluetooth, so I have a post, you know, post kit like Luke's in there, but. Uh, Everything works, which is nice. All right. Uh, the top story, Andrew has scratched the Yaris. And uh, they they do a lot of kvetching over this. And, and Luke advises lying and tries to coach Andrew up about the lying process. Neither one seems to realize that uh, if if you've rented with one of your credit cards, you probably don't have to worry about this scratch but they're they're pretty bad at at knowing about credit stuff. It seems. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not too surprised. At first, I was like, "What are you What are you fucking worried about?" But then I'm like, "Oh, these are guys in their 40s with no no credit." Right. So. Yeah. Uh, the the lying part kicked up a little dust on the Stens page. Um, I don't know. Where do you guys stand on 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 that? I mean, is it a must lie situation? Or do you just say, that is what it is, and show me the damage, and we'll take care of it? I actually had this happen not too long ago after I got rear-ended in the Yaris and had a rental car for about a month while it was in the body shop. Uh, I managed to get a scratch on the trunk lid of a black car. And so it was not super noticeable uh, unless you really came up to it. Um And I just sort of decided uh, at first I was panicked about it because I didn't want to deal with it because it was an insurance rental. And I just didn't want to deal with the extra hoops of the insurance company being billed and then yelling at me about a scratch, Mm -hmm. uh, which made it a lot more complicated. If it had just been on my credit card, I I wouldn't have cared. And I think what happens with stuff like that is you just take it back and they notice or they don't. And I bet a lot of the times they don't because Mm -hmm. These cars are just workhorse cars, and they get the crap knocked out of them, especially if you rented it from an airport. They really don't give a right. crap if you rent it from an airport. I've, I don't know if in the last 10 years I've brought a rental car back and anyone has even glanced at anything but the mileage and the gas. Yeah. Uh, this was rented from the Enterprise near my house that I actually really like and go to fairly often when I need a car. So, um, Hello, Enterprise. Up- I'm at the repair shop. Yep. I need to rent a car. <laughs> Uh, believe it or not, they do pick me up. I don't live that far away. It's a nice walk, but if it's gross out, I will make them come get me. Yep. Uh, so I parked the car under a tree a lot. Uh, it's just my spot in the driveway happens to be under a tree and it had a lot of leaves stuck to it. And so I, I just sort of noticed that some leaves ended up over that scratch and I left them there. So 
Yeah. Take that for what you will. Uh, it was convenient. And uh, the the walk around the car after was, was not thorough and probably wouldn't have been either way. But uh, that was no harm, no foul. We did have a bit of a nightmare scenario with a car that wasn't ours. This was when Duff drove a space car. He drives a, a Volkswagen Golf now. And part of the reason for downgrading the car is because having a nice car is nervous making and expensive. So his car was in the shop a lot. It was a brand new car, but it had, you know, lots of electric troubles and clutch troubles and tire troubles. And it was just not worth it. So we, he had it in the shop for like a week one time and they gave him, you know, like the loaner car that the dealership has. And we were driving it and a pebble hit the windshield and cracked it. Mm. And uh, we had to pay a thousand dollars to have that fixed. Oh. Yeah, Mike's Mike's cheapness bound just just oh, my, I can't shattered. Go on. Yeah. I cannot go on. Well, and it it made him so furious. He's like, "I'm never ever taking that loaner. I'm never taking a loaner car again. I don't care what the situation is. I will rent my own car on my own credit card." Yeah, I never even thought of that. That's... Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing, but you know, I guess it is. I took a loaner from my mechanic uh, a few months ago just for an afternoon because I had some errands to run and I was dropping. I think to get my snow tires on. And he just had bought a shitbox car from someone who didn't want to take care of it anymore. And it was great driving that little piece of crap around because I knew I could destroy it and you would never know the difference. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, there is something freeing about driving a shitbox. Yep. You just yep. don't have to worry about, like, you could just go ride behind, draft the gravel truck all the way up I-35. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, no one is, uh, no one's walking through a parking lot looking for a car to steal and saying, oh, great, uh, Toyota Yaris with a stick shift. Hey. <laughs> That's automatic theft deterrent. An 81 yep. Datsun B210. I've been looking for one of these. So I'm going to grab it. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Luke says uh, face-off couldn't have possibly been successful. It was a uh, worldwide uh, $245 million film. Uh, they they didn't look it up though because they were they were in pursuit of the series of coat hooks moment and w that culminated in Luke um, he needed a towel to take out for his series of coat hook coat hooks moment and he wasn't sure if the towel he was grabbing was his or Andrew's and he asked Andrew to smell the towel which I. Friends don't ask friends to smell the towel. What, what would that accomplish anyway? Uh, well, does it smell like my junk or yours? <laughs> right. Uh... right. 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 Uh, you know what would have fixed this, guys? Uh, some Karen Pence, second lady of the United States towel charms. Yeah. <laughs> we've, we've found the one time. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, boy, smell the towel. So, um... Yeah, mine has the uh, the entitlements being slashed charm. Just hand that one over. <laughs> mine mine makes gay people straight. We we don't have a lot of controversy over towels here at the insect museum um, because we use different bathrooms for our bathing. Emily and I do. The problem is when Cullen uh, comes back from school, he will just use whatever towel is hanging there mm -hmm. and that is gross <laughs> and i've talked to him <laughs> i've talked to him a couple times about it but he just doesn't get it and i'm just wondering if it, this happens at school too where he's just like some because uh, he shares an apartment with four three other guys and 
<laughs> he just grabs their towels and wipes his junk down. I don't know. We, we, I gotta, I gotta cure him of this before he hits the real world. <laughs> <laughs> All right, twenty three forty eight Thursday. Sky something and the something of tomorrow. Um, we get a pretty great cold open on this episode. It's it's a, a woman calling in uh, saying that her four-year-old notes that when she plays TVTL, he says, these are the guys that say bad words. Oh, God. <laughs> it's a little Gus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Luke is in Chicago for Wait, Wait, and Andrew is in Seattle, Washington. I don't know why we don't just call it Washington forever. <laughs> right. I think we should. Um Luke apologizes to all the Yaris lovers out there. Uh, he is sorry for slamming the car. Um, he's not sorry. He's not. He just he doesn't want to shame people. Yeah, I, I he, appreciate makes, the he wants to make it sound like he doesn't want to shame people. I no, didn't, he's not. I didn't believe it for a minute. <laughs> I know you especially. You, you were just like, nope, nope, nope. I nope. want to make it clear. To, it, it's not just me. Another listener to our show reached out to me directly to say, "What the fuck." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this week just lay off it come on i mean well and he's i could easily be the victim of the, i mean i drive a jetta it's like a sorority girl car so i could easily be the victim of this but it just he's settled on yaris because of that tweet so um you know there will be other victims in the future he, he, he'll get off yaris and he will get on well, some it, other and car. it used to be honda fit right, um right. so that was in his crosshairs for a while and duff um He's owned two Honda Fits, and he really likes those cars. And he actually, the last one that he owned, he when he went to buy it, he said, oh, I don't care what color it is. And they said, are you sure? And he said, yeah, I don't care. It's unimportant. They gave him a blue raspberry Honda Fit. <laughs> and he's like, maybe I should have cared a little yeah. bit about that. Now I'm driving color. a jogging shoe. And his, his coworkers busted on him for that for years. Right. Years and years and years. It was a ridiculous looking car. I mean, I got to say, um, but it was a good car. It was useful. Um, and I don't appreciate Luke's uh, ire about it. This is the man um, who once took money to do commercials on TBTL for the Ford Fiesta. Right. Right. The ill-fated yeah, return the of the Fiesta. <laughs> <laughs> um, Luke talks about not being DDT down to talk. In his last lift, he had his earbuds in and kind of slowly phased out talking to the driver. And he's worried about this. He's wondering if that's okay. I, I don't. I've never given this a second thought. Sometimes you talk. Sometimes you yes. don't. I don't know. It's up to you. You don't. I mean, it's his. It's the driver's job to do to be whatever you want to be. You know. Yeah. I sit. I, I've sat in si- complete silence with people from the Me moment too. they get in and, until I say have a good day and they get out. It doesn't hurt my feelings. You know, nope. Uh, I I I need to interrupt with a definition situation here. It's it's DTT. I think is down to talk, but I've oh, never heard that before. No, I know DTF. Sure, I think that's what he was trying to go for. Down right? to a completely different thing. Down to face. That's right. <laughs> yep, face. Uh, and if you search DTT in the world's leading authority on this, which is, of course, Urban Dictionary, DTT stands for down to train, which is a oh. lot more similar to DTF than mm. it is to DTT. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. So maybe just soft pedal that one. That's mm-hmm. all. Uh they're still playing Rob Thomas's smooth. And in my long form notes, I wrote, if they don't stop playing Rob Thomas's smooth, I'm canceling my donation. I hate this song more than almost any other song I've ever heard. 
And I think it has to do with my association of when it came out, because that was when I started working in the kitchen and I was a dishwasher. And it was on heavy rotation at that time. Mm -hmm. And I probably heard that song five or six times a day for a year or two. And I just can't, I I can't do it anymore. I mean, this was in the nineties and I still can't, it's not worn off. What I, what I find about um, songs like that, even songs that I kind of liked from back in the day is I only need to hear one note and then the rest of the song is going to play in my head all day. And, and it's unwanted in, in this case, you know, cause you hear the first few notes of smooth or whatever. And you're like, even if you turn the podcast off, you're it's, no, it's there forever. Yes, it's there. And that's, it's that little guitar lick at the beginning oh, and then you're done. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I hear you. Welcome so, to the hating music club. Yeah. <sighs> um, top story for today is black insomnia coffee. And I got my ire up a little bit about this one in our chat because, and I, the more I think about it, the less angry I am because so what Luke was saying is this has 17 and a half grams per kilogram of caffeine. And he says, nobody knows what that means. Well, <laughs> Luke, hey, just because you don't know what something means doesn't mean nobody else does. That's just a way of, of describing a dose. That's all that is. Yeah. Um, it, it, maybe he doesn't, maybe he can't, what, what, I think what he meant is he can't relate to that. He doesn't know in relation to other coffee, how much is that, right? I, that's probably what I'm thinking. It, I think he's not a if... tough equation though. When you lay, I mean, no, no, it's, it's not. They like to say 300%. Just say three times. <laughs> well, 300 is bigger than three. I know that's a weird like marketing yeah. thing that people do. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, so I looked up this article and they say that there's 702 milligrams of caffeine in a 12 ounce cup, which is, you know, that's like two coffee carafe cups, right? Of mm-hmm. coffee, 12 ounces. Um, and I guess in like normal, like for example, a Starbucks cup of coffee that, of 12 ounces, that's 195 milligrams. So this is quite a great deal of caffeine. Um, and they talk about why, why would you do this? Is this another one of those foods that you consume because you can brag about how hardcore you are? Like hot sauce, right? Super hot, hot sauce yeah. that hurts your butt. Look what I did. I, I ate some hot sauce. Good job. So This coffee seems like a really dangerous thing to me. You really can overdose on caffeine. It can hurt you and kill you. It can give you heart palpitations. I don't know what the appeal of this is besides bragging rights. That's stupid. Yeah. I mean, if you really want this effect, you just uh, go to your local uh, quickie mart and down some five-hour energies and then move on, right? Yeah. Well, what I used to do when I was a kid, when I was in high school, is I would just put coffee grounds in my mouth, you know, and just <laughs> absorb the caffeine that way. Ew. Yeah. But I mean, there are ways to get a lot of caffeine in your system quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, caffeine pills again, yeah. right, mm-hmm. right down the aisle from those five hour energies. Uh, Follow truckers, the truckers. Yep. Truckers have had this shit on lock for a long sure. time. <laughs> sure. Speaking of truckers, can they please stop throwing their Gatorade test <laughs> bottles on the side of the road? <laughs> Yeah, Luke's apparently on a one-man war against this that we never knew about. <laughs> uh, not just Gatorade bottles, though, too. There was a mention of apple, uh, apple juice jars. Well, that's deceptive. That's particularly evil. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although, don't pick up a, a, a bottle of apple juice off the ground and drink it. No. Correct. In general. Um, waffle, fries. Let... waffle fries. Waffle fries is a different story. Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. That's worth it. <laughs> 
I, I also have to mention that and nobody else cares about this but me, but Luke said in, during this coffee talk, at what point does this become a narcotic? And I just like to say never. No. Like that's not how <laughs> narcotics work. <laughs> Caffeine's not a narcotic. Sorry. <laughs> LRB science corner. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> he, yes. I, I, I don't think narcotic means what you think it means, Luke. No, it doesn't just mean like a crazy drug. And I've actually had... um. Not pharmacists, but like pharmacy assistants say, like when I'm going to pick up, I went to pick up Concerta for a family member. I'm not going to get more detailed than that. Concerta is a brand name of Ritalin. And they said, you have to give us your ID. And I said, why? And they said, this is a narcotic. And I said, no, no, it's not. <laughs> I mean, it's a controlled substance, yeah. but that's different than a narcotic. Yeah. A narcotic is something that like dulls your senses. Right. It's for pain. It makes you sleepy. They're amazing. Narcotics are the amazing, it's the amazing <laughs> section of drugs. Yeah, caffeine sucks. Yeah. Narcotics are great. I don't want to be that's more the awake. difference. <laughs> and yet, me? when you when you bought the mirror and the straight blade at the same time, they didn't even bed an eye. Nope, that's fine. You don't need an ID for that. Nope. Uh, they they talk a little bit about um, you know the hot sauce thing, and then having possible tummy trouble on a plane. That sounds like a nightmare to me. Mm-hmm. That's never happened to me where I was like, uh, you know, I'll I'll do anything to avoid peeing on a plane. But number two on a plane, I don't know. I might just hold it forever. Just the the, sti- the sticky floor of the plane bathroom, you know, trying to keep your 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 trousers from hitting that floor is too much Ugh. trouble. Don't no. even just try to take care of it before you get on the plane. I I just take them off in the galley. <laughs> yeah, here, hold this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Luke is uh, mad about a headline that taints his feelings about the end of Legion, so he does the same for all of us. Um. Hey, are you a legion? Thanks. Are you a legion person, Meredith? You strike me as no. I haven't. Okay. I haven't seen it. I don't really even know what it's about. Yeah, I don't know either. They, they're they're making a good case for it, but I don't want to get yeah. well. I'm Andrew finished it. I get caught it. up in a comic book world, and then my life is over. You know. Well, listen to a yeah. Listen to a Dungeons and Dragons podcast and watch a comic book show. <laughs> You're done. That I'm done forever. Yep. Um, and listener Tyler on the Stens page actually clarified what Legion refers to because Luke thought it was some sort of medieval thing. I guess it, it refers to the amount of people that the guy's head contains or that that was the reason uh, that he had that mutant name in the comics. So I'm just relaying that information. Mm-hmm. Um, and Andrew kind of says, you know, there's been plenty of time for him to watch this show. Uh, so maybe the, the time frame for spoilers is over. And he totally calls him out about, uh, how he feels about Game of Thrones spoilers. Like, he spoils all that all the time for other people. Yep. So next up is Americans who have good British accents. We get Gwyneth Paltrow, Angelina Jolie as examples of that. I don't remember how that popped up. Don't mm. forget Renee Zellweger. Uh, yes. <laughs> and we hear the terrible uh, Mary Poppins, Dick, uh, Dick, Van, Dick Dyke. Van Dyke accent, which is... Re- I loved that movie when I was a kid, and I just thought he was like an adorable Cockney British guy, it's so bad. It's so bad. Yeah, it's like offensive bad. Yeah, it's uh, he he spent at least ten minutes working on that accent. <laughs> um, we talk a little bit about um NCAA net cutting. This is something I didn't know anything about, Mike. I'm sure you have some thoughts on this. I do have some thoughts. Um, a couple things. First, being I was watching uh, some pregame yesterday uh, for the Final Four. And they were showing different teams cutting down the nets over time. And they were showing some in the 70s and 80s where they were just lifting each other up, you know, just 
Ooh. Just, you know, give me a boost style to cut down the nets. And I, I don't know when it crossed over into, you know, the NCAA is not going to leave a dollar on the table. They just aren't going to do it. Sure. So now they have a ladder sponsor, a scissor sponsor, <laughs> probably a net nylon sponsor. They should get stitches <laughs> and band-aids sponsored. Right. right. Curad uh, sponsors, yeah. you know, puts puts uh, Roy Williams' hand back together. Right. Um, so th- I thought that was that was interesting. I, I would love to to watch like every year and see the the year when the latter happened. Cause it, you but know, why I don't understand why, why do they do this at all? Uh, they, they actually do it not just at the NCAA, they do it at the end of the regionals. They do it uh, like at conference tournaments. Um, it's, I don't know why it turned into a thing, but it's just like taking a souvenir from, so do the they game. keep them? Uh, I don't know. I, I I don't know. I've never I've never won any championship of any level where nets were cut down. So I don't know what happens to the hmm. nets. What I what I would imagine happens is it gets into the display case with whatever trophy you get, and you just kind of hang mm-hmm. it on there. You know, yeah. That would be the way I would do it. But you know, I'm classy. Um, <laughs> so there were there was talk about uh, nets earlier in the week, and they talked about how near Luke's place in the vape pen district. There were basketball hoops with no nets, and Luke talked about how that's sad and depressing, and it really is. Mm-hmm. If you, when I was a kid, I loved um, I loved basketball courts and I loved baseball fields, and it made me sad whenever I would encounter them in disrepair. Baseball fields are expensive to keep up, um, you know. So I I understand that that baseball fields out of season are gonna gonna get rough or whatever, but. Putting a net on a basketball hoop is not expensive, doesn't take a lot of time. So my idea, Mike has ideas here, is start a charity where we put up basketball nets on hoops. Like you map out the city, you know where all the hoops are. You just have a, one person that, that, that does, a, does a roll around every day and make sure that there's nets up on every hoop. So that kids can play basketball in a satisfying manner because it's so true <laughs> when you're shooting hoops and it just goes sailing through there. That should be an, it should be a great feeling. You, you want that fun swoosh sound. Yes. Yes. And even the chain nets. I love the chain nets too, because it means you got a little flavor. You're a little urban, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> but you got to hear it. You got to hear it go through. Otherwise, what's the incentive to get better at shooting? You know, you don't get to hear it. So, I think for for the mental health of everyone in every community, we need nets on every hoop, and and I'm I'm willing. Jeremy, get my GoFundMe thing going again. Let's get some nets on some hoops. This is your campaign promise: yes. a net on every hoop. <laughs> yeah, and I would be able to keep it because I think I think this has bipartisan um, appeal. All right, let's do it. This could cross multiple sports, by the way, uh, and the sponsorship side of things I could really see taking off if like. Harbor Freight ratcheting tie-down straps sponsored the tearing down of goalposts at the end of college football games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the NCAA uh, is going to figure it out. You know they're going to figure it out eventually. Yep. <laughs> we get a wealth of listener feedback today. First is the greatest voicemail about a woman who dropped her Chick-fil-A waffle fries in the parking lot, picked them up, intending to throw them away, then got into her office, looked around, and was like, hmm, I'll just blow them off. <laughs> They're still good. 
I like that the guys got into the age and style of the blacktop and whether that's something to consider. Yeah. Like if it's an old parking lot, you probably don't want to eat it. But if it's a new parking lot, it's not like dirt and crap ever accumulates on new parking. There might be some extra just cons- flavor crystals in an older parking lot. You know? <laughs> there might be some weird like like tar carcinogens, though, in a brand new one. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. Eric says that his mother-in-law makes an unholy combination of lime jello and black olives. <laughs> um, sounds horrible, but I can picture it. I think Luke was picturing it like in a flat uh, pan. And I think what that would probably be is in a jello mold. Yeah. Like a ring. Get your bunt cake shaped jello of. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And black, I'm sure those black olives were like sliced canned black olives. The worst of the olives. <laughs> Blood Sounds tasting. horrible. Yeah, they I, do taste I, like blood. I actually, if I had to pick, I would want the whole black olives because and the big ones because I'd want to see them just sort of floating and that you could you could sort of eat around it. <laughs> you it, could avoid it, and they're not going to bleed into the Jello so much. Right, like, and then you could just eat it ugh. separately. Right, you, you could save olives I, later. Save your olives for later. Right. Could, I get the salty sweet combo, but I don't think lime Jello and black olives is the no. right way to do that. No. More of a watermelon or strawberry. I sure. I did like the idea Perry. that it was some sort of family initiation. <laughs> yeah. He can stay if Is he, he can down? choke the stuff down. Right. <laughs> the malort of Jello. Yes. Uh, we get an email from a lady librarian who loves her Yaris. So she's on your side there, Bobby. Um, and we learn that after all that talk, they just briefly mentioned that Andrew turned in the Yaris without going to Yaris jail. Hmm. So they didn't catch him. What is Yaris jail? Like you're in a bread box? You're stuck in a bread it's box? It's smaller than any cell you've ever been in. Right. Yeah. That's Thursday. And that means it's time for Friday. Oh, uh, there was, despite this uh, Yaris love at the end of Thursday's show, the passing reference to our only Simpsons reference of the week, which is that the Yaris could still be flattened by a canyon arrow. Canyon arrow! Right. <laughs> <laughs> The only uh, sport utility sponsored by a clown or whatever. That's it. That Canyon Arrow song is, a, is an it's, earworm. It's pretty great. <laughs> uh, on a Friday, 2349, Any Pork in a Storm, which is a pretty good title. Yeah. Uh, another uh, sort of light on notes episode, uh, but I did like that Luke introduced it as the shit town of two guys complaining about male pattern baldness. <laughs> <laughs> I actually was wondering if... Um, Every other podcast's download numbers in aggregate have gone down in the last week because everybody was busy marathoning shit town. Like, you've only got so many pod hours in your week, even people who listen to a lot of podcasts like I do. Right. And I yep. I found uh, seven hours this last week to listen to shit down. I, I, had to, I had to struggle and listen at time and a half to finish up my TVTLs this week because I marathoned as town. Um, but I also had some uh, yard work time yesterday. It was really nice out yesterday. And I had a bunch of mulch delivered and I had to mulch the front garden. So I just finished it while I was doing that. I'm yeah. two episodes in and I'm trying to wedge it in. Yeah, as well. I'm basically listening to it because everyone else is. Because I, I don't want to be that guy who doesn't understand it, what everyone else is referencing. You know, I don't... It's probably too early to talk too much about it. Yeah. Um, spoiler wise. Mm-hmm. But in a couple of weeks, I think we should. Absolutely. It's it's uh, it's all right. Uh, we start with apologies about Thursday's show. That always makes me feel good about the product we're choosing to review. 
<laughs> uh, Luke notes that he made a Yaris joke on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me after uh, just... Uh, oh, and I should uh, mention Luke's in Chicago. Andrew's back home. And Luke did Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me Thursday night. He notes that he made a Yaris joke. He feels bad about it, or at least so he claims. But he couldn't help it because it was just handed to him. Um, I will note that I listened to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me this morning and... I did not hear Yaris joke make the cut. So he apologized for something that ended up on the floor. So not only did he make another Yaris joke, but it wasn't very good. Well, the, at least the Ouch. possible Toyota sponsorship is is still on the horizon for what we've done. <laughs> uh, next up is bees. <laughs> uh, the day after the guys left uh, Peoria sports complex, bees moved in in their place. And uh, the show picture on Friday was actually all the, the defensive players. It's great. <laughs> Lang, they the tell you they, they they tell you i mean coaches will tell is you is that how you avoid bees that's how you avoid if any insect infestation hits you're supposed to hit the deck what if it's fire ants <laughs> fire ants are more of a pre-existing if you have fire ants on your field your groundskeeper is uh <laughs> yeah the worst yeah uh so that was a a fun moment and i think several people posted it to the stens page being like was this you? Were you there for that? Did you see this? Mm-hmm. So nice job on the network getting that there. Uh, and infestation talk uh, leads to Andrew recalling that their home in Valley City was so rural uh, when they first moved out to it. Uh, I just want to say rural juror every time. Uh, <laughs> it was so rural that they were uh, getting pond water. And as a result, toads were getting into the house and taking over the house and Andrew remembers his mom having a "Toads won't take my son" moment. <laughs> and we and we finally find out why Andrew's mom left Andrew's dad. <laughs> she was tired of vacuuming up little yeah, tiny. Yeah, I'd be like, I'll vacuum the toads this time, but next time I can't blame her. I'm at a hotel. Uh, <laughs> this is why you get a shop vac. And also, uh, I. I don't know if I imagined this or not, but was there a passing reference to wondering what happened to the toads after they got in the vacuum cleaner? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. As if she didn't empty it. I, mm. Yeah, exactly. I don't think it was pretty. Let's put it that way. Probably not. Uh, Luke uh, watched the staircase and liked it. So a lot of tail wagging the dog on media recommendations there. <laughs> um, he's on true crime overload, though. He's getting oh, his God. plot lines overlapped. Yeah. So, so is Emily. I mean, she's... We'll be in the car and she'll pop on one of those true crime things and then she'll be confused because she's got on some other device, got some other true crime thing going and she doesn't doesn't even know who's who's kidnapping and murdering who at this point. Yep. It's too much. Uh, the guys take a deep dive on a commercial that's been airing a lot on CNN about a financial planner who's actually a DJ, not a real financial planner. And they go look up this guy's IMDb and acting history he definitely looks the part of a dj and not so much the part of a financial is is there any uh occupation or avocation that's easier to fake legitimacy as dj or uh or mixed martial arts uh expert uh i would say dj is even easier uh because they're right anyone with uh, a laptop now anyone with a macbook can can download hours of pre-mixed DJ-ness yeah. and just go. Right. Go do it. Has anyone uh, ever met somebody who, who proclaimed themselves a mixed martial arts fighter and or a DJ that uh, that was actually a decent human being? 
No. <laughs> I'm thinking of my brother when he was 10. Yeah. Okay. An adult. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, I don't run into a lot of adult mixed martial arts people. <sighs> it's just where I'm hanging out, Mike. I don't know where you're spending your time. There, there's a there's a gym near our old house that just says like MMA gym or something. So if you train there, you know, like I'm an MMA fighter. No, you're not. You're a guy who went to the gym. <laughs> I'll uh, drop you with one punch, motherfucker. I'm oh, sorry. I'm a. <laughs> I'm the world's most reluctant DJ. I've DJed. Oh yeah. Uh, I've, I've DJed a couple of special events. I've done a wedding. I uh, love two, that picture two weddings, actually. Of, of the corner that you staked out with the Christmas lights and yeah. oh yeah, <laughs> and uh, and a, yeah, a couple. Of, I did I did Sam's uh, event last year. She hosted a conference, and so I did the music for that. And I tell people uh, if I like you and you're not going to be a pain in the ass, and you just want someone to play music and take decent requests from people at my want. Uh, I'll I'll do your wedding. Otherwise, I want nothing to do with it because I refuse to be a normal DJ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's it. I've never met a DJ I liked. Right. Never once. Uh, Wilco uh, tweeted at Chris Hayes, who was also in Chicago plugging his book, and Andrew, excuse me, Luke is uh, jealous. Luke notes that he's also in Chicago and no one cares. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the the maids. Well, care. only because they the want hotel to, staff. Only because they <laughs> want to go home. They're like, "Oh my god, this motherfucker!" It would be funny if they tweeted at Luke. The maids. Just a reminder: check out is at eleven. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be fantastic. Uh, the guys take a deep dive on the lyrics to "Smooth." Uh, oh, this this is so embarrassing. It it turns out that uh, Rob Thomas actually wrote those lyrics. Those lyrics about the barrio, like like mm-hmm. he was trying to be like Duff, and he's all down with the mercado and the barrio. <laughs> I speak Spanish, <laughs> right? I have a span. I have a Mexican girlfriend. Look at me, I'm multicultural. <laughs> uh, top story: We're going to start getting fresh beef in our quarter pounders at McDonald's. Luke is furious. I agree. I'm terrified. Yep. Yeah. The risk for foodborne illness is now sky high. Because who trusts McDonald's workers not to yeah. E. coli your burger to death? Yep. Outside of the um, – Bobby has taken a step to ruin my life further by introducing me to the uh, McGriddle. <laughs> um, the, the only other thing that I, I will get besides filet of fish at, uh, at a McDonald's on uh, the occasional trip would is that quarter pounder with cheese. And, yeah. and I'm done. If they go fresh, I'm done with that. Well, you're just gonna have to you're just gonna have to switch to any of the other burgers because apparently they're gonna do the quarter pounder <laughs> to order. That's pretty but, crazy, but right? The Big Mac is still gonna be frozen pucks of uh, yeah. beef, quote unquote yeah. beef. It is pretty strange. <laughs> uh, just a quick fast food breakdown uh, for a late night uh, booty call fast food. Luke's pecking order is McDonald's over Wendy's, followed by Jack in the Box, and then Burger King. Andrew is surprised that Wendy's wouldn't be at the top of the list. He just assumed it would be of those options. Um, it probably would be for me. Um, though I think it just depends on what kind of mood you're in. And McDonald's tends to be open all night. And a lot of places aren't. Wendy's Why is a lot more taco expensive time too. on that. Yeah. yeah. Why isn't taco time on that list? They're not that's, open late usually. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's, I think that's pretty normal. Um, 
Taco Bell is the one that's famously open yeah. very late. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you want to be drunk and then do that to your body, that's a whole different story. <laughs> I've never even thought about having an Uber driver or a Lyft driver drive me through a restaurant. Oh, it happens restaurant. all the time. <laughs> do you take the food? Do you get offered? Were you getting offered I get, food? I get, I get offered food. Um, yeah, but I don't, I don't take it because I'm, I usually have in my own mind, I've, I've either already eaten or I know what I want to eat, you know? When I'm done with yeah. my Ubering, so I'm not like going to take some random item from some drive-through from some. Do you order or do they? Do you pull up so they can order? It's interesting. Um, if the person is sitting next to me, I I have them order from the front window, but mm-hmm. I have had I've just pulled up and opened the back window for people to order as well. It's like taking a limo through. the It's pretty great. Yeah. yeah. This, <laughs> this guy ordered. This one guy ordered. He took his friends to this uh, this taco place called Fuego. Uh, it's just got a few locations and none of, none of his friends knew about Fuego and he just, he just opened the back window and just ordered for all of them like a boss. It was pretty great. <laughs> oh, you, you I, want the, you want the, the Angus taco. I know you. And then you over here, this girl, she wants the, she wants the pollo and you know, it's, it was, uh, it was fun. I like that kid. Uh, ordering for the table is a different level of gutsy when you're ordering for the lift. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's treating all his friends. So, yeah. Two of those, yeah. three of those. Uh, Bob Dylan's going to pick up his Nobel Prize. Great. Uh, but it's really just an excuse for Luke to do his insulting impression of Bob Dylan. We almost made it a whole week without a bad Luke accent. <laughs> That's uh, interesting. Yeah. Dylan. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, they mentioned that Nobel Prize winners typically have to go back and do a lecture within six months of getting their prize, which I think it was Andrew who calls like winning a free cruise, but having to pay for the airfare to go on the cruise. Oh, come on. You've got you've got when you by the time you win a Nobel Prize, you have such a depth of knowledge about a certain subject. It shouldn't be that hard for you to, you know, talk about it for 45 minutes to an hour. I mean, there's a lot to talk about for Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Also, there's a pretty huge um, monetary award that comes with the mm-hmm. Nobel Prize. So it's like winning a free cruise and a boatload of money and then using a little bit of it to book your flight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finally, on Friday, um, some nosy asshole named Jeremy calls and leaves a voicemail because he uh, just got out of the bathroom where a guy comes in on his phone in the bathroom is trying not to have his spot blown up and Jeremy's pulling for him. But then the guy gets his spot blown up by the auto flushing laser eye in the stall. Uh, and Jeremy is that, the ultimate empath. I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then this guy leaves without washing his hands after all that. <sighs> this, this led to Andrew talking about his delicate flower setup. Um, and how the the magic eye betrays him after he lays down a huge nest of stuff because he just won't sit his ass on the toilet and <laughs> take a crap. If I, if I wasn't so lazy, I would go back to the last time we discussed this and just clip Anne saying, put your ass on the seat <laughs> right, right, and just drop right. it right back in here. But I am too lazy, so sorry. Anne's had a lot of great moments on the show, especially lately, but I love I love put your ass on the seat. <laughs> and, and put your penis fingers on your junk and, you know, get <laughs> yep, your yep. business Wash done. your hands. <laughs> Wash your hands. Uh, so, Jeremy, it was very thoughtful of you to try to save this guy. But um, 
clearly this guy lacks good judgment. And of course that's our yeah. Jeremy that called in. So, uh, still fun watching him become a super 10. Yeah. Uh, music for your weekend. Luke brings, uh, Oaxaca by froth. Um, you guys are the ones in, uh, Texas. How was that? Uh, Oaxaca. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will not even pretend to be able to go get the tacos. We should ask Duff. Go get Duff and see how he... Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll ask him how to pronounce this. The... Oaxaca? Yeah. <laughs> Just point to it. Uh, Andrew brings Love is a Weapon by Little Screen. And listener Stephen brings uh, Novi Split. Uh, also, uh, David Jerkovic. I actually didn't catch if that was Jerkovic or Jerkovics. Uh, but Novi Splits, you got served. Uh, and that's it for our week. All right. So housekeeping. Um, Our archive project contest is still going on. Our wagons full of loot. We have sent out two of them now. You should have heard about those. Every episode that you archive basically earns you a ticket for this raffle. So you too could be the recipient of a box full of junk that one of us wants to send you. Uh, We're due for a drawing, by the way. But um, since we don't have Christy or any of the other well-organized people here, I think it'll probably be next week. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do it this week and let you guys know. Um, if you are shopping on Amazon, please use our link. It's littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon. We get pennies uh, back from those, and uh, we love seeing what you guys buy. Um, it's fantastic, and it does help us out. Um, and you guys should all go listen to Earbuds and Earworms next Sunday. Mike, tell us what's happening. Well, uh, Earbuds and Earworms is going to break format a little bit. I'm going to be on the show with Amy as Jason has the week off. And we are sort of ripping off an idea from TBTL way back in the day, which is a Defend Yourself iPod edition. But um, since we can't share iPods, what Amy and I decided to do is to we each shared a bunch of songs with each other that that aren't necessarily the best songs or the most famous songs or but um, but there's a story behind every one of them. And we're calling it Why Are You So Into This? And so we're each going to choose three from the list, each other's list, and ask each other, why are you so into this song and the stories? So that's what we're but doing. I thought you hated music. Um, yeah, I might be really into hating okay. a few particular songs. Like a few <laughs> bother me more than others. They what? They bother me more than others. <laughs> All right, how to get involved, go to littleredbandwagon.com. We can have you. You know, I was just thinking maybe we should have Jeremy on as a guest to tell his story about how he's gotten involved with TBTL sometime. I can't believe I'm hearing this from you. Yeah, well, I won't do that show. Not not me. (laughs) Okay. I don't want to talk to that guy. Um, Mike's just happy that it's one less guest you'd have to book. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, he has a microphone and everything. I just never let him turn it on. Uh, go to our Facebook page. A lot of fun stuff uh, going on there. You can see uh, Jeff Richardson laid bare every week in front of us. Um, <laughs> he loves to to Facebook the show, and it's always interesting stuff. Uh, the show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. You can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Voicemails and texts at 802-432-TBTL, 802-432-8285. And with that, uh, Bobby, uh, why don't you get us out of here? Sure. Until next time, this is the next party. Uh, I love you, Jen, and 
Can you hear me? Can everyone hear me? <laughs> ha! <laughs> Nailed it. truck with four-wheel drive smells like a steak and seats 35 can you narrow can you narrow well it goes real slow with the hammer down it's the country pride truck endorsed by a clown can you narrow can you narrow hey hey the federal highway commission has ruled the canyon arrow unsafe for highway or city driving Two lanes wide, 65 tons of American pride. Can you narrow? Can you narrow? Top of the line in utility sports. Unexplained fires are a matter for the courts. Can you narrow? Can you narrow? She blinds everybody with her super high beam. She's a squirrel squasher, deer smacking, driving machine. Can you narrow? Can you narrow? Are the police coming for somebody? That's not me. That's here. Hey, y'all had me turn up my mic. You know, you you buy the ticket. (laughs) You take the ride. It's quite an audio tapestry today. It's pretty amazing.